your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. It's dark out. It's Tuesday. Lacrosse Talk PM. In studio with me for a couple minutes here is Brad Williams it's from the Wisdom. It's almost dark out. It's almost dark out. Yeah, I guess. We got a couple minutes. You got a couple minutes, couple people. Minutes. Get outside. I want to talk to him quick about uh, the congr- another congressional candidate in the third congressional district. Uh, coming up, though, on the show is going to be Monica Cruz, the Lacrosse La County Board Chair. Brad got to watch that meeting last night, or meetings, right? Kind of a long... Meet, uh, very short uh, meeting about the, the redistricting. Yep. And then they came to the uh, monthly meeting, the budget meeting, and a lot of the budget meeting uh, came down to discussion of whether to have a study of policing in La Crosse County. Right, it was kind of funny. A lot of comments on that, and should we have a committee, or should they're they're going to look into having a committee? But when you say comment, a lot of comment from board members, not a whole lot of comment from the public, necessarily from the public. Not at that meeting, anyway. But leading up to this, there's been quite a bit of public comment, and then they approved the budget in La Crosse County's in La Crosse County for next year, right? Yes. So we'll ask twenty-two budget. We'll ask Monica Cruz, the board chair, there about that. But before we before we bring her on. Um, and the reason I have you in here is, is just that we have a, a Deb McGrath. She has now entered her name into the race for Ron Kine's seat. Uh, she's another Democrat. We've got Brad Paff, um, Brett Knutson, Rebecca Cook, and now we're and up to four. Deb McGrath, maiden name Deb Baldus. People will remember that name in the third district if they're old, old enough. Old people if like old you. Enough, yes, you see her. Okay, why? Her why? Father is... was Al Baldus. Okay, now, who's... he was he was a congressman for three terms. You know, interesting when he came in. I mean, he had been in the legislature, and I think went back to the legislature after he was in Congress. But uh, he he was voted in the year that Nixon resigned. There was all Watergate. A lot of people voted against Republicans. Vernon Thompson was the Republican congressman for the third. We called it the Great Blue Wave. And he was voted out and uh, replaced with Al Baldus. And and Baldus served three terms. And then he was voted out in 1980 by the Red Wave where Ronald Reagan came in. Mm -hmm. And uh, that uh, led to Steve Gunderson, who had the job for many years until he retired and then Ron Kine took over. So Al Baldus... Will be remembered, yes, by older people. But so Deb- Al Baldus, the last Democrat he before was the last Ron Kine. Democrat before Ron Kine in the third. And but district. Ron Kine's been in the running running this district for for thirteen terms. Thirteen terms, twenty twenty five years. Twenty five years, right? Because yes. he's in there. It was like a half a term, right, or something. No, Ron no, Kine had. No, we're halfway through his term now. Halfway through. Oh, that. That's yeah. right. There we go. But um, Deb McGrath is uh, from Menominee and announced her campaign for Congress on the uh, Democratic side in the third district. And it says here, uh, with the information, she has worked as a national security officer with the Army, the State Department, and the CIA. And uh, had been with the CIA. Her assignments included Southeast and South Asia, West Africa, the former Soviet Union, and Central Europe, and two combat zones. And when she was in the Army, she served in the demilitarized zone in Korea and at several U.S. military bases. And so that brings in... The, the foreign affairs and uh, more international uh, aspect is something that you might want to consider in a congressperson. So. Yeah, so we have Brad Paff, who tells himself as a as a guy who grew up on a family farm and, right. and, and then worked for... For, former agriculture secretary for the state. And then uh, Rebecca Cook, small business owner. Um, she runs a nonprofit. 
and and Brett Knudsen, and then Brett Knudsen, a, a Navy veteran, and then uh, and now we have and now we have like another veteran. Now yes. if if, uh, if Deb comes out and says she's also a farmer, it's all over for everybody. <laughs> I think. I I, <laughs> I don't I don't see that on here. But. No, a farmer who runs her own farmer. like bed and breakfast, which would be a small business too. That. That'll right. be it'll be that'll be over. So, I don't know. So we have the four declared candidates: Derek Van Orden, pretty much the candidate for the Republicans. Um, so let's test your memory. Do you do you remember the last time we've had more than or four or more candidates run for third congressional? I think the last the last time was the year that Ron Kine got elected. That he okay. was one of four candidates, and as I recall, Lee Rosh, uh, well known in lacrosse, and at the time he was the Western Tech president. Mm-hmm. Uh, was also one of the candidates that year. That's when Steve Gunderson retired and Jim Harsdorf uh, was the uh, Republican who uh, ran for the seat and uh, kind won. It was an open seat. Mm-hmm. See how I typed that in and then the human Google like the just human Google it. does it again. Yes. <laughs> he still got it, folks. All right, thanks, Brad. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I got I got a filibuster here for a couple minutes while Brad runs back to the newsroom so he can do the news. Uh, Lacrosse City Council meetings coming up on Thursday. So just uh, I had Mayor Mitch Reynolds on yesterday. We talked mostly about Aaron Rodgers. No, I'm kidding. Not really, but kind of. I'm kidding. We talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers, but we mostly talked about homelessness in the city of Lacrosse. It was a pretty interesting conversation. So if you want to go check it out, wisdomnews.com slash podcasts. And, uh, you know, just scroll down and check it out or download Wherever you download podcasts, just check out Lacrosse Talk PM and and then subscribe. Right? What do we say? Subscribe, rate, review, and give us five stars. Otherwise, you're a jerk. Um, I don't know. I, I don't actually have an iPhone, so I don't know how that works. Really, uh, Android for me. Anyway, Monica Cruz coming up here in a couple minutes, and we're going to talk about what the uh, everything the Lacrosse maybe not everything the Lacrosse County Board did yesterday, but they did some quite quite a few pretty important things. Passed the budget. Uh, 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 the, st- uh, the start of a police oversight board or a police board, I think is what uh, the Cross County District Attorney Tim Grinke had called it when he was on with me last week, just leaving it at police board at this point, uh, less controversial. Um, and then they, you know, approved the redistricting maps, which I think was kind of just the easiest thing that they did last night, but also like the thing that's going to affect us for the next decade. So kind of also important, but the easiest thing that they did because they did all the work heading into that meeting. Um, all right, Brad should be ready to go. He's got to do the news. We'll be back. <clears throat> Whoops, I turned the mic on, then I coughed, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk VM. 608-785-7914. If you got any questions, text me, 608-785-7914. That's Monica Cruz laughing at me. She's the Lacrosse County Board Chair. Have we now at the meeting last night? I thought there was a proposal to turn the name Chair into Czar. Did we not do that? Um, unfortunately, that didn't get enough votes. Didn't but get enough otherwise, votes. we were on track. It was weird. Only one person voted for it. <laughs> it's a start. <laughs> um, now you're in District 15, which uh, you told me earlier because I would have had no idea. And funny that I asked you if you knew where District 15 was. But um, the town of Onalaska, the city of Onalaska, and the just the top of Campbell, right? The north tip of right. Campbell. Um, Little parts of all that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, parts of yep. all that. And you've been on the mm-hmm. board for 12 years. This is your first term as chair. 
Uh, now, I heard you were throwing, you know, we have Deb McGrath has thrown her name into the third congressional race. Do you want to make an announcement, too? Do you want to run for Ron Kine seat, too? Uh, nope, that's not happening. Nope, okay, just making sure. I just thought maybe I'd break. I was trying to break some news. I don't know. Yeah, no. Uh, we lost it on the czar thing, so I thought maybe. Um, all right, so last night's meeting, I would say, where does this rank in yearly meetings? Is this like the most important meeting of the year, do you think? This is the big kahuna, yeah. This is it. Um, annual budget meeting. Yeah, so you, you approve a budget for next year. We approve maps for the next decade in the county um, for redistricting. And then we also, you know, one that we, you don't often do or probably never have done is is approve what and which, which one of these and approve the, essentially a study to look at police oversight or a police board. I said I should say I don't. And I, Tim Grinky last week told me we're not calling it a oversight at this point. We're we're, we're just calling it a police board. Um, which which one of these things do you want to tackle first? Oh, I don't know, but as far as that name for that committee, you can pick any name you want. We don't have one yet. That's yeah, right. The resolution is uh, to come up with a name for it. Yeah, so. come up with a name, and um, <laughs> exactly. well, let's well, let's go with the police board then, and okay, um, let's or start with that. or whatever whatever you want to call it. Uh, right. The the attack on police, if, if some people might call it, but no, it no, no, don't call it. That. <laughs> We're perpetuating that. I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but it passed with a 24 to three vote. But we had quite a bit of amongst the board, right? Quite a bit of discussion last night at the yeah. meeting, right? Yes, and that was totally anticipated. I mean, it always uh, brings out a lot of passion, a lot of interest. So yeah, I was, you know, very much prepared for that. And uh, I was gratified that the discussion was very civil and very thoughtful, and um, that, you know, in the end, um, the resolution passed with a large majority. So Now, we've been looking into, looking into, right? I do that twice on purpose. We're looking into, looking into police oversight for over, over a year or about a year? About a year. Actually, it started... Well, yeah, it's really way over a year, although we have not been working on this committee for a while. But it started right after the George Floyd um, death, and that was at the end of May. I think May 25th is the anniversary of that. So uh, after that, about a month later or thereabouts, we um, established this um, subcommittee of the Criminal Justice Management Council to look into... um, police oversight, you know, the possibility of establishing some kind of body like that here in La Crosse County. Yeah, and it would essentially, the 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 board, whatever you want to call it, I guess we should come up with it. That's the first thing we should do, Monica, is come up with a name <laughs> Yeah, for I it. know, I know. We call it the Oversight Committee, so yeah. go ahead, you uh, know, but, avail yourself of that name. Yeah, and then the first thing that, uh, well, not the first thing, let's reset here. The, the, the idea here is to, it's going to overlook all of policing bodies in the county? Yes. Mm-hmm. So that would be the municipalities, like, the city, um, the county. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, that seems like a daunting task for a board. Well, kind of it is, but uh, you know, it's going to be a board that um, is open to community input, and so that in- input can come from anywhere in the county, um, the way I see it, and um, uh, that could come from Alaska. It could come from somewhere out in the you know country in uh, Farmington. It could come from the city of La Crosse, um, you know, down on Third Street. Who now, knows? Now, two so. people, two people last night from the public spoke about this issue. Um, or, yeah, I, I think that's right. Two uh, people. I think it was Tracy, and then I can't remember mm-hmm. who the other person was. But um, it was it awkward? Like, Tracy stood in front of you guys for a while, just stood quiet, right? Tracy Littlejohn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that was was kinda, it awkward? Well, I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess it was it, probably a little bit, right? Well, at first it was um, disquieting, but it, it wasn't really so awkward, and it seemed very symbolic. I mean, I had no issue with it at all, but I noticed a little bit of consternation um, at the front table with me where people were wondering, you know, is this intimidating? Is this, um, you know, is she going to say something? But I think it was powerful, actually, and, you know, uh, in the final analysis, she just stood there as a symbol of, you know, someone who is not white like the rest of the board was. And I think she, you know, stood there as, as someone who, was, who represented all the non-white people in the community. Yeah, and I is, thought that was really powerful. Uh, yeah, what, what does she get? Does she get, like, an allotted time, like three minutes or something like that, to, to say what she needs to say? Or how does that work with the board? Well, normally, you know, we don't hear from the public at county board meetings. It's a deliberation between county board supervisors. Mm-hmm. And so um, I did not intend to call on her, but I didn't have an issue with her standing there and just kind of, you know, giving quiet witness to the whole thing. But um, then one of the other supervisors looked online, and apparently there is a Roberts rule that says if the entire body votes, to hear someone who is not a county board supervisor, then we can allow it. So we had a quick little vote, and everybody agreed to hear from Tracy, so then Tracy got to speak. So I learned something new. I did not know that that was possible. Oh, interesting. Um, Now, we've been doing this, you said, over a year. Uh, Uh You know, we didn't have, and and you said maybe a lot of people don't, publicly comment at these meetings but we've you you guys have you, you, the county board has taken quite a bit of public comment on this issue right absolutely yes we've heard from lots of people mm-hmm. um and uh, what what i always find interesting is when when the you guys are debating last night a lot of it is uh, like i've heard from so and uh, you know it's not it's mm-hmm. not it's usually yeah. general it's very you know i've heard some from um, some of my constituents about but it's never I don't, I, I, sometimes I wonder, like, well, could we hear from those constituents? Like, can we hear from them in person? But, you know, maybe they don't want to be put on the spot either. Yeah, and I think that was uh, interesting that Tracy then actually, you know, gave some, some uh, personal um, experience um, testimony. So, yeah, normally, um, yeah, we don't, uh, we do hear, hear from them in smaller groups. I, but I think it's intimidating to come before a large body, body like this and, you know, talk about your adverse experiences with authority. I, I can see how that would be daunting. Yeah, and that's kind of where the board is at too, right? That's going to be, uh, you know, you're going to have to navigate that issue when you start studying the creation of this board is, mm-hmm. is how it's going to go about overseeing policing activities, right? Right, right. Yeah, that, you know, remains to be seen. And that's why it's very important to um, appoint thoughtful people who come with an open mind and an open heart and who, um, you know, truly want to improve the community. Now, do you have any gauge on, you know, we, we you know, what's, what's the 60-40, 50-50, people that have talked to the board that are pro this and people that have talked to the board that are against this? Any idea there? Uh, well, it's, it's hard to guess that because we don't go out and actually, you know, like talk to people about it. So what I have to base it on is the emails that I get from people. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that I think maybe is the, the most, you know, accurate indication of interest, uh, even though I'm not even so sure that that's true. But definitely we have gotten lots of um, emails from people in the community 
um, lately from people who were very concerned that this committee was being watered down, that it was being denuded, that it didn't have any teeth, um, actually from people of color who were urging us not to vote for it. So, you know, there's always, there's always that, too. Like, you know, if somebody feels strongly about a certain aspect rather than just, you know, the thing itself, then you get a lot of emails about that. Yeah, essentially, don't vote for it because it's not strong enough. You know, we need to come up with something better. Um, Yeah, we see that in, in, you know, in government all the time. I mean, some of the the, the Build Back Better plans, I mean, some some progressives aren't voting for it because they want it to be stronger um, as it gets watered down. What about uh, authority figures? We've we've heard from just about all of them, right? Have have we heard from all the police bodies in in the county um, their opinions on this? Um, I don't know that we've heard from all of them, but we've certainly heard from a lot of them. We've mo- mostly heard from um, people in more the inner city than, you know, I mean, the core city rather than, say, out in the, you know, in the, the unincorporated areas of the county. Mm-hmm. Um, we had um, Chuck Ashbeck from Alaska come in, but we haven't heard, for example, from the West Salem police chief or the Holman police chief. So, yeah, more more the uh, the people in the city. Um, are you worried, or is anyone worried at all that maybe a police bar does the... Because the idea here is, is, is partly to yeah, aid oversee police, but maybe also bridge a gap between police and the public. It might even be, you know, the bridge. Right, but exactly. are you? Is, is, <laughs> there are some concerns that it might just do the opposite, right? It might might uh, create a, a void as opposed to a bridge. I hope not. I hope it is a bridge that will open um, roads of dialogue, so that you know we can really drill down to um, you know issues of concern, and that um, you know with people of uh, good intentions and uh, and and open minds will you know, be able to communicate and hopefully, you know, get rid of some of those, those prejudices and those, um, those concerns with, um, you know, policing practices that maybe, you know, some people find um, are negative. Hopefully that, you know, I, I mean, I know a lot of good, um, well-intentioned um, law enforcement people. And I think if we can, you know, be the liaison between the, the police and people's concerns in the community, I think then this committee will, you know, have, a, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, achieved a lot. <laughs> now, again, we've, for over a year now, we've studied how to come about a study, right? That's kind of the, we're, we're at like the very basic yep. stages of this. Um, but it's going to be, is, will it be fall upon you to pick this board at some point or what's the next step here? Yes, the members of the committee will be appointed by the county board chair. Uh, that's me. Uh, that doesn't mean, though, that I will, you know, single-handedly and unilaterally pick a bunch of people. I have every intention of, um, you know, calling on uh, people that I trust, people that I think are in tune with the community to give me good advice and to suggest people that they think will be, uh, you know, a good match for this committee. So um, I think it will be a collaborative effort, but I, in the final analysis, analysis will be the person appointing. And when you say committee, that you mean study committee, so a committee to study, study committee. right? Yeah. Study committee as well as then um, the committee that comes out of that study committee, I will also appoint those people. 
Yeah, and but we don't really have a timeline here. You might have to get reelected as, as czar to uh, to do that, right? <laughs> That's true. I might have to. <laughs> All right, we're speaking with Monica Cruz. She's the Lacrosse County Board czar slash chair. Uh, she's been doing that twelve years. This is her first term as chair, and just there's just a couple of big responsibilities for her. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about the Lacrosse County Board passing the budget last night. But we got to do Scott's comment. The news. Hold tight, Monica. Okay. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line. You want to ask me a question, and I can ask Mount. If you want to ask Monica Cruz a question, 785-7914. Monica is the District 15 Lacrosse County Board member. She's also the chair of the board in her first term. And uh, big budget last night. You got well, a big meeting last night. You passed the 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 idea of studying whether to have a police oversight committee or board and you passed a budget and we passed the redistricting maps and monica just real quick you gave away a park you just mentioned that when we were talking earlier but what park did we give away and who who did we give it to we did we gave away the mindoro county park um which has been um you know in in the county park system for forever i don't know i'm not quite sure since when but anyway um it seemed time um that is a park that is primarily used by people in the Mindoro area. It's not, you know, a park like uh, Goose Island or, or Vets Park. And um, the Mindoro um, people were interested in, in having that park um, um, under their own jurisdiction, so um, we came to an agreement to do that. Now, so, is, there, is there a cool slide on that park or anything, you know, that we give away maybe too much? No, no. It's, it's, a, it's a park where they have ball games and um, you know, gatherings for um, you know, uh, uh, village uh, party, uh, village get-togethers, that right. kind of thing. Yeah, I'm just yeah. messing with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, nothing. Uh, you know, nothing spectacular, but I'm sure they like it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's cool. Um, the just a real quick, we're heading back to the the, the the study committee of a police oversight board. You're going to be in charge of picking who is on that study committee. I did get a question from somebody asking. You know, generally. You know, you kind of talked about who you would pick, but what, among those people that you would pick, would anyone be, uh, you know, involved in law enforcement? Okay, so um, in the resolution, there is an actual clause that says that the committee will be made up of stakeholders, including law enforcement, policy and decision makers for agencies and municipalities, and community stakeholders, including victim advocates, representative of disproportionately impacted communities, subject matter experts, criminal legal system researchers, representatives with legal, civil rights, or law enforcement expertise. So, so that's a big range of um, different representatives of the community. Any idea how many people might be on the study committee? I'm thinking 15 or fewer. Okay. Um, if it gets too big, it, you know, it loses um, you know, its uh, ability to... You know, to have impact so i would say under 15 yeah 15 and that would probably cover all your bases and if it's too small like four or five then one person's going to do all the work right. while the rest exactly. uh pack it in like uh yeah. college <laughs> exactly <laughs> um all right moving on to to the budget now it's i think the budget was passed unanimously you managed to work in um lowering property taxes we're in the middle of a pandemic what, what why what this budget seems it's this seems like the time that you you would have it wouldn't be so easy to pass a budget. Maybe last year's would have been harder, but I don't know. Compare, was it harder to pass last year's budget than this year? 
Um, you know what? We've had some really strong budgets in the past years. Um, in my memory, as, you know, since I've really understood how bad budgets work, our budgets have been good. This is an amazing budget this year, given that, you know, the uncertainty of uh, the, the pandemic, uh, we didn't know how um, sales taxes would be affected. We didn't know how anything was going to be affected. And this budget is probably the best budget we've had in oh, a dozen years. All right, I'm just so, going to I'm going to run through some bullet points here on the budget. It's about 170 million dollars in expenses, I believe. Um yeah, it's well, going, um if not counting the ARPA money. Yeah, and if no, you count that then it's about 194 million. We call them Biden bucks on this show. There you go. This okay. liberal hack <laughs> show we have uh oh. Biden bucks. Although I did call the Trump check a Trump check. Um now now as part of that as part of these expenses, right? Will be PIFAs. We're going to help People on the in the town of Campbell or on French Island, uh, you know, get help with the PFAS pollution. That's uh, so, yeah. That was an that was an add on to the budget. There were you know a number of add on um, items that were um, suggested by county board supervisors after the budget itself was already crafted, and that um, the PFAS money um, was one of those that was requested by a, a supervisor in that district. So we're giving them twenty five thousand dollars to um, help with um, their feasibility study to try and decide, you know, how, how to deal with this PFAS problem. And then we've also put um, 100000 in, like, a contingency fund, depending on, you know, what comes out of their study and what they decide to do eventually and so forth, so that we could help them if need be, depending on what they decide to do. Depending on what they decide to do and maybe what the government, the uh, feds or state decide yeah. to do, because we seem to yeah. be at a st- it's been it's been almost a year, right? It's been 11 months since it has, yes. <laughs> the, these yes. people on French Island have been drinking bottled water. It seems crazy that we haven't figured this out yet. I agree. And, you know, it's a huge problem. I mean, it's a very expensive problem. And unfortunately, it's not just in, um, you know, the town of Campbell. I mean, there are lots of places across the state that are dealing with that, and there will probably be a lot more, you know, once um, study uh, the water has been tested in other areas. So I see this as, you know, a, a really emerging problem across the state. Yeah, I just... Beyond. I- so I think, um, you know, the, the feds need to step up, and I think there is money in, um, in the Biden budget, uh, you know, that's sort of crawling its way through Congress. Um, so if that gets um, finally ratified, then there will be some money coming, I think, to um, PFAS-affected communities. So fingers crossed on that. All right. So and we're talking with Monica Cruz, the La Crosse County Board Chair here, about what the uh, the county board did last night in, in and in doing that, they approved the budget, and we're just going through some of that stuff. They also, uh, you raised county employees' uh, pay for by 2% across the board, except mm-hmm. for the board. You didn't give yourselves a raise? I know. We are so modest, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually got a, a raise last you know, last time around. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we're okay with that. We're, we did not want to you know, make waves and, and ask for more money, it seemed seemed reasonable to keep it where it was. Right, but uh, but across I mean given the, the giving a county employees a raise, I mean that makes that makes sense. I wish we could do that yeah. for everybody. Maybe just make that yeah. a, a thing for all employees and not just county employees. I think that would be great. I totally <laughs> agree with you. Yes. <laughs> hey feds, get on it. Um all right, so another another one of these issues that's kind of you know it only is going to affect those people that it's going to affect and the rest of us don't really maybe don't even realize it, but you're you're giving 
I don't know. I don't have written down how much money, but legal help to those who are going to be evicted or on the verge of being evicted or already evicted. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, we are in a collaborative agreement with um, the city of La Crosse County, um, some nonprofits, and Cooley Cap, and uh, we are establish- establishing um, a legal eviction assistance fund for people who are in danger of being evicted from their homes. And um, what we're doing is um, providing um, legal assistance. So when they go to court and, you know, try, you know, to um, nullify the eviction, that they will have some help doing that. So we um, appropriated $30,000 for that. Um, So it, it is basically a homelessness prevention measure. Yeah, and you know, you you only do that because this is a problem. Do you have any uh, can you can you give us any idea of the scope of of this situation with people getting evicted? I think of the number that I heard is like we're tackling about like right now 60, um but I think that fluctuates. You know, it doesn't stay stable. That is just kind of a, like a snapshot in time. So that's the number that I heard. Um I don't know what, you know, the rolling average is. But, yeah, it, it's a substantial number of families and, and individuals that are affected by this. Yeah, 60 people out of, out of their homes, no place to go. I mean, it's, right. Just, right. I mean, just think about it. If anyone listening, just think about what, if that was you. Um, right. Another thing that... And, and, and the expense, then, of providing services. You know, I mean, down the road, you know, we have homelessness services, so those cost money. So this is putting money up front so this doesn't happen. Right. And and when I get evicted, I'm getting evicted because I can't pay the mortgage or the rent. I'm getting evicted for a reason. So then the idea of having to go to court to fight an eviction or, or get legal help or assistance with that, I'm not going to have money to pay for that. So that makes a whole, a whole lot of sense. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So the next thing on the uh, that you guys, uh, amongst the things that were in the in the budget that was approved, again, $170 million expense budget, not counting the ARPA funds. Uh, $75,000 in improvements to the Omni Center. What are we going to do? New, new, do we have any specifics there? Um, yeah, they are going to do like a branding study um, to, um, I think, kind of just, you know, raise the, you know, raise the quality of their um, facility um, to attract more conventions. I think they're going to do some um, some upkeep changes, um, some, um, you know, having, having a... Um, a company help them with branding and advertising and getting the word out. So it's all of that. So they're trying to become a more attractive venue to attract more conventions. Yeah, is there, you know, it might be interesting too to, amongst that branding strategy, while the Lacrosse Center is getting $42 million in expansion, well, they're going to have this, this, they're going to get these things. So, you know, maybe the Omni Center goes, you know what, then we're going to try to snag all these other things that the Lacrosse Center might not want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, they are they are the other um, venue in in the county for all these different events. So, you know, we want, it it makes sense to have like two um, really premier venues that you know people will be attracted to. So, whatever we can do to help out with that, we definitely you know are interested in doing. Obviously, the Lacrosse Center is in Lacrosse County. We've talked in the past, not you and I, but in general, the board and the city have talked in the past about, "Hey, County, you going to help out with the Lacrosse County uh, or the, the Lacrosse Center because you know it's in Lacrosse County." Um, have those talks? I mean, are, is there anything in the budget for the Lacrosse Center? 
Um, there is not this time, but it wasn't, you know, for lack of us wanting to help them out. It, they just never ask. I mean, there has been no, no ask for the lacrosse center. I believe that they got, um, some, um, COVID money, CARES money, whatever you want to call it. Um, so maybe they didn't need us this time around, but that doesn't mean that we aren't open to, you know, to definitely, um, being partners with them when, when the need arises. Can it? Uh, can we work that into the budget now? Mitch is probably listening. Mayor Mitch, you know. <laughs> well, this budget, no, but the next one. The next one. Um, the next one. All right, and then the, this one's kind of interesting. I, you know, the, the, the we're we're going to give about thirty grand for another study on on something to do with the Herit- a heritage museum. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm kind of excited about that. Um, they, you know, have really gone for quite a long time with, uh, you know, with a, a nice little community museum, but now they have, you know, some um, aspirations to, like, take the next step to, you know, expand that, to become, become like a heritage center and possibly a, um art museum and, you know, a, a a larger um, kind of uh, venue, like more like uh, the um, the Marine Museum up in Winona, mm-hmm. and so you know they they are looking to um, you know engage an architect and and a consultant to help them come up with a vision for for that kind of a facility. So we're excited to help them out with that, and we're hoping that. Um, down the line, um, we will, you know, do a much better job of like honoring um, the the heritage with the Native Americans in our area, with the Hmong, you know, with, with all the different all the different groups that have, you know, contributed to um, our culture in La Crosse County. So, you know, we're hoping that this new venue will will do that in a in a very um, spectacular way that will draw people from far away to come here and see that. Now you do all this by by lowering property taxes. Was it just just a little bit? I, can you explain how you know that that's also good news, right? Like, hey, we lowered property taxes. Absolutely, that is good news. I think um, that is amazing news in in this time of uh, the pandemic. So um, our property tax levy is uh, going from three point four eight to three point two five per mill. And that's a 7% decrease just in this year. And if we look back historically since uh, 2017, um, our mill rate has decreased by 16.7%. So every single year we have decreased a little bit. So, um, you know, that's impressive, I think. Um, so our property tax levy this year is going to be $37 million, which is only 22% of the budget. So the rest of that money comes from the feds, from the state, from um, sales tax, from investments that we've made, you know, d- different things. But only $37 million of that um, $190 million, uh uh, tax property tax. Um, I, I'm sorry. Of those 190 million expenditures, actually come from property taxes. So now, when when we talk about lowering property taxes, is, was that hard to do? Because you know the last two years have been pretty tough on the world. Yeah, and you know I think um, you know we've got some CARES money. We had CARES money coming in. Our sales taxes were better than anticipated, higher than anybody would have thought during this time. And we have, you know, an amazing financial team that are, they are really savvy about, you know, getting the most bang out of the buck. And um, they do it year after year. So, you know, they were able to take advantage of some, you know, some opportunities that, you know, came out of the pandemic to, um, 
you know, really um, do some good things for the county. Um, we've, uh, for a long time, been sixth lowest in taxing in the state out of 72 counties. This year, we're down a notch. We're now fifth lowest in the state. So, Anything that, you know, you threw out of the budget? No, we're not doing that. <laughs> I'm sure there must have been something, but nothing big that comes to mind right now. Okay. Um, in, the, in the meeting that you guys have, everything's kind of, we already, we kind of already know most of it. Is it surprising that you added some stuff to the budget last night? Um, it's not surprising that we do that because we do it every time. It was surprising that there were so many asks. And I think that might have been, you know, due to the fact that people thought, oh, they have a lot of ARPA money. We can, uh, you know, we might as well try and get in on that. Um, we did not um, allocate any of the ARPA monies. What you know, the, the requests that came in, we tried to accommodate within our budget, and I think we did a pretty good job of that. I think there were, I don't know, maybe 12, 15 um, special requests this year, and I think we accommodated them all. Man, people are pr- probably like, dang it, I missed out. I was thinking about asking for some <laughs> from, from money. Um, and yeah, you I, keep... Actually, you know what you asked me? Is there anything that we didn't allocate for? And actually, there were a couple of things that we did not allocate for because we're waiting for the ARPA money to actually be, um, um, you know, uh, divvied up. One yeah. of them was for $200,000 for um, an American Legion building to be updated. And we felt that it fit better with ARPA money than it did with our budget. So we put that, you know, um, on the kind of on the back burner until we start doing ARPA allocations. Sure. All right, Monica, thanks so much for letting me bug you for this hour. Absolutely. Good talking to you. <laughs> yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Yeah. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. All right. That was Monica Cruz, the Lacrosse County Board Chair, talking about the board meeting last night where they approve the mass redistricting, approve the budget, and uh, approve the study to look into approving a police oversight board. All right, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to the Cross Talk PM. Going to wrap up here for a minute. Thanks again to Monica Cruz for, let me bugger for the hour on everything the not everything. Well, I feel like we covered everything the Lacrosse County Board did. We even got that park. I, she she threw that at me before the show, and I asked Brad if he knew about that. Brad Williams, and he's like, "Park." So now we know Mindoro's got their park back from the county. <laughs> uh, tomorrow coming up tomorrow, Chris Main, the Viterbo biology professor. He's also an immunologist, and if you can only imagine, we're going to talk about the flu the whole time, just the flu and getting the vaccine for the flu. Uh, no, but we're going to talk. Uh, We'll talk COVID, 5 and 11, five to 11-year-olds now getting the vaccination. So if you have questions about COVID, he's a good one to ask.